TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 491, and I'm Libya, your host. And this week we have returning guests. Hey, this is Peter. I write for Why So Blue, and I live in Hollywood. This is Tom. I'm professor of communication and media studies at Palm Beach Atlanta University in Florida. Hi, this is Yusan, coming to you from Los Angeles, a costume designer and TV enthusiast. All right. Thanks, guys. And let's start off with the news. I suck at getting the news this week. That is the news. I only have one thing, which is that Tom Riley is joining Christian, Kristen Bell in a new series for Netflix called The Woman of the House. In the House. Not of the House. In the House. I don't know what that's about, but I'm glad that Kristen Bell will soon be on my television screen again. That, that's really what I care about. All right, Tom, you said that you have lots of news. Lots of news. Go okay. Ahead. Donald Glover has set a six, has set an eight-figure overall deal with Amazon. This is on the heels of his Mr. and Mrs. Smith series with Phoebe Waller-Bridge that was announced last week. AMC has um, announced that their animated series Pantheon will add Maude Apatow, William Hurt, and Corey Stahl to the voice cast that already includes Daniel Day Kim, Paul Dano, Aaron Eckhart, Taylor Schilling, Ron Livingston, and Anika Nani Rose. CBS has announced that Mom will end with this season, with this year's season eight. NCIS New Orleans will end this year with season seven. Wait, but- wait, wait, wait. So NCIS New Orleans is ending before the mothership? Yes. Oh, my and goodness. they're probably going to replace it immediately with NCIS Hawaii, which is not going to have a backdoor pilot. Bob Hart's Abishola and the neighborhood have scored early pickups. CW has announced that John Wesley Shipp will play the Golden Age Flash on Stargirl. Disney Plus has announced that George St. Pierre will reprise Batrock the Leaper in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, HBO has uh, crowed that the undoing with with Hugh Jackman, not Hugh Jackman, Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman was HBO's most watched series of 2020, surpassing Big Little Lies, 12.3 million total viewers, including 48% from digital. HBO Max is um, is helping Warner Media greatly expand its kids and family programming with Gremlins: Secrets of the Mogwai, which has cast Ming Na Win, B D Wong, and Matthew Reese, and they also got an early season to pick up. Tiny Toons Luniversity also got an early season to pick up. Neither one of those has premiered yet. They've also Yay! they've also greenlit Teen Titans Go: The Night Begins to Shine a spin-off of the animated series. J.J. Abrams' series Subject to Change has been ordered to series. Hugh Jackman's theatrical film Reminiscence, which was directed, written, and co-produced by Lisa Joy, will debut in September on HBO Max and in theaters. And Charlize Theron and Kerry Washington have been cast in the school for good and evil for Netflix. Uh, Netflix also uh, picked up season two of Fate, the Winx Saga, Oh, that none of us have watched yet. None of us have watched it yet, right? I've watched a couple of episodes. It's okay. My students say it's terrible compared to the books, but the lead is a carbon copy of Danielle Rose Russell without the acting ability. 
Oh. Burn. Um, Connie Newsom, Will Catlett, and Paul Adelstein have been cast in the Kevin Hart series True Story, and they've announced a Wednesday Adams live action series, which will be Tim Burton's television directorial debut. Uh, Billy Campbell will reprise his Star Trek Next Generation role of the outrageous O'Connor for Star Trek Prodigy. Peacock has greenlit a Craig Robinson sitcom, which has no title, but it's about class capitalism and one man's quest to achieve the American dream and hunting really big snakes. <laughs> From Brooklyn Nine-Nine producers. Showtime announced that Your Honor is tracking to be their biggest debut season. Six million viewers across all platforms and seven million in the final weeks. Judy Greer will replace Pamela Adlon as Nancy Howe, Betty Ford's confidant and social secretary in The First Lady, and Michelle Pfeiffer's playing Betty Ford. Stars has announced that Power Book 4 Force has cast Isaac Keyes, Shane Harper, and Tommy Flanagan. And that's it. Question, should we be watching Your Honor? It got not great reviews, but people do love... Um, Brian Cranston. Uh, Brian Cranston. But yeah, I really love Brian Cranston. I'm tempted. I, I just want somebody to, to, to dive into that uh, minefield and tell me if it's the water's warm. Um, all right. Let's move on to the shows. Uh, first up, we're going to talk about The Rookie. And this episode was pretty much a culmination of everything that's happened since the premiere. Where we're dealing with uh, Brian Roth's character. Was it, did I say his name right? Ralph? Brandon Ralph. Brandon. I was like, Brian's not right. Uh, basically, we have this corrupt, racist cop who is on the force, and they can't do anything about him. And it it really... It, what I liked is they showed all the protections that this cop has, that he his no matter how outrageous his behavior, it's really hard to you know deal with him. And what basically has to happen for the cops to to stem this flow? And I thought it was I thought it was interesting. I thought that I really liked how they dealt with it. And I like the only thing that it made was Jackson kind of came off as dumb because the whole like once da- Jackson threatened this guy with his dad, he should have known. Like I was waiting for him to like shoot him or something. And Jackson was like, oh, problem solved. And I was like, no, dude, you just antagonized him. That's not problem solved. So, but I did like the overall resolution. Go ahead, Peter. I thought it was pretty good. I've I've, I've really enjoyed um, this season of The Rookie, I think, has been, like, probably their best season. Um, They've really managed to tackle current issues, you know, especially with a show about the Los Angeles, you know, uh, the LAPD. Um, I did think, um, I, yeah, I, I, I thought it had a satisfying resolution to what I feel like is probably the wrap up for the racist cop character. I, I feel maybe the care. I, I feel like that's the end of that character. Um, but I did have, um, even though I have been seeing the praises of, of, of the rookie lately, I, I will say this was the first episode where, it felt basically the episode starts where um, Jackson is told by his superior that he basically is just going to take him off this. And it's like, look, it's not worth putting you at risk. And also it's not worth you 
not becoming a cop because because at the in the last episode he he basically gives him something where it's like that's a bad mark for a rookie. Reprimand. I, he basically I, got a reprimand. Yeah, yeah. Right, got a reprimand. And in the real world, like if your commanding officer is just like if the, the chief of police is like, yeah, I'm taking you off this. We're gonna do something else. You know, Jackson gives his impassioned speech that it's just like, well, no, it's it's not worth it. Like, if people like if people like the Roth character can get away and hurt so many people and everything, you know, so much is injustice and done. And it, I agree with everything he's saying. And while I don't think of the rookie as a documentary or anything, like it, it just felt very like it, I was just. I was very aware that I was watching an ABC television show where I was like, well, well, this would never happen. It's like, yeah, he'd be off. Like, that's just the way it is. Like, again, it just took me a little out of the moment. It's not the end of the world. Um, and I certainly liked the resolution. Um, I was actually a tiny bit confused until Libya explained it to me that, you know, essentially what what you have to do with the with a character that in you know, the racist cop is you basically have to, he kind of has to sabotage himself which is how Jackson puts his life on the line, assuming that this character with his camera on, his body cam on, will catch something that will show how terrible he is, which is exactly what happens. Um, and they do it pretty well because the character, you know, he the Ralph character is smart. He's not dumb, but in the situation they've created, it's more like these events happen... And he's the character. He sees the situation that Jackson can go down and he just takes it. Whereas if he had planned it, I'm assuming the body, this camera thing never would have been into play. So it works pretty well. And of course, it's a great example of why we need all those things. You know, we cops need to have all that stuff recorded. So. Um, so yeah, it was a thumbs up. Um, but just say my tiny thing. But yeah, yeah, very good. You know, I, I just forgot. What was the. What was the Nolan? The Nolan was the bomb lockdown. It was pretty big, oh actually. God. That was good. I yeah. thought that was. Yeah, well, Allison, uh, not Allison. Uh, Yusin, go ahead. You talk about that story real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um. Yeah. No. I. I. I was surprised because you know it's it's pretty standard stuff. You know the 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 bomb hostage dead man switch blah blah blah. Um. I did like the red herring. You know we kind of thought that it just seemed more layered than than i thought it would be they tried to make it a little bit more sophisticated so uh you know the one woman we thought it was that it wasn't you know blah 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 you know there was real tension blah 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 my only actually complaint though and i think i said this to you libya was um i get it and the whole setup and the execution was fine i but i really kind of thought like seriously you're gonna go to all this trouble to like I mean, I don't know. I just felt like it was overblown, both in the writing in terms of the plot. But, I mean, let's say it actually happened in real life, that he was going to go to that much trouble to kill, like, you know. I mean, I knew the bomb was fake. We found out later. But I don't know. It just at, When I was when I found out that it was so, so that this woman could stay in hiding from, you know, her abusive It, uh, it did seem like there's, there should have been an easier solution to that problem than using yes. a bomb. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. much so that it really did, like, like Peter, I will use Peter's word, like, kind of took me out of it a little bit i was like wow that's a really long way to go for that you know what i mean <laughs> but yeah like, you know what i mean i was like whoa for everybody them you know and in the story writing i i thought that was but i just want to say one more quick thing because it's a it's a plus uh i love and i've said this all along which is why i want to say this even though the rookie is a you know a simple show and uh, you know not we don't take it as like you know verbatim that this is the cops whatever um i they always 
uh, set their stuff up. They really do. It's, it's like, shows me it's not lazy writing. I love that they introduced that whole, explain to us about the two minute rewind. Right. You know what I mean? On the, on the, on the camera. I never knew that. I'm assuming it's true. Um, and it was so natural. I, and when I heard it, I wasn't thinking like, oh, this is going to come into play somehow. I thought, well, this just kind of makes sense to explain it to us. And then when they use that as the actual crux of how he was caught, I thought, nice job, guys. Like, this is like they gave us breadcrumbs. They, you know, so same as you guys. I thought they wrapped it up really well. All right, let's move on. Thumbs up. We're saying thumbs up. Yes. For Next sure. up, we're going to talk about Equalizer. And this was episode two. And... Strangely, it was a very different case than episode one, and in one way it was a little more serious, because it's like, it's a kidnapping, and you gotta figure out how to find the kid, and all this other stuff, so that made it a little more serious, but at the same time, I felt like the pilot was a little tighter. I don't know how to describe it, but I still enjoyed it, if that makes sense. And then... Um, I, I, the only thing I'm worried about is they've now like re-recruited her back into the CIA. So now she can, not only does she have helping people that, you know, post to her board and need help. Now she might be going on covert CIA missions, which I'm like, uh, that feels like that takes away from what it's supposed to be about. And they still agree. They had that plot, the the plot element with oh, you got to make it to the daughter's concert or you're a terrible mother. It's like, <laughs> I know, right? Come on, and I'm I'm totally in agreement. We talked about this last week, but we've seen two other versions of this concept with dudes, and we never cared about their families. Right? And it's really sexist that oh, because it's Latifah, we got to deal with her family. It's like, come on, they should they should have some cojones. I hope that they focus group this. In the summer, and the and the focus group says, "Yeah, we don't care about the family." Deep six, yeah, deep six. Always good, but the daughter is annoying. Yeah, well, just the the whole She's, thing that that we have definitely. to pause. Like she was Latifa wasn't there for the final conclusion of the case because she had to go run off to her daughter's choir. Yeah, so that's how, that seems clunky. weird. I feel like if they're gonna do it. It needs to be done so well. You know what I mean? Like, we, we've definitely seen shows, both cops and otherwise, where we do get family. You know, we do right. get their per- the personal cost of, you know, what they have to do. Like, all of it. But but I do think it's just sloppy and, like, you know, lazy. Like, if they are going to do it, either bring me something new or do it really well. You know you, you know what I mean? But, like, I, it does feel like a... Like a, I don't know. You know, we talked about it like like Tom said. So I won't belabor the point. I, but I will talk about this. I might be out. Like I will give it like a one or two more episodes. But uh, Libby, you, you hit the nail on the head. I will see where they go with this. But I think it's too much. I I, I don't need to see her also being a CIA a CIA person. I don't need all the stuff. You know, dramas with her family. I don't need blah blah blah. So I'll talk about something really quickly. I'm the jury's out for me on the sidekicks. You know what I mean? Like um, the Adam. Is, I think is the actor's name. He's always playing someone who like talks really quite quickly and he's, you know, nervous and got the ticks and the blah, 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 you know what I mean? He's almost to me like a Jeff Goldblum in the sense that like, he's just that same character in every show. So I don't know if I'm going to like, you know, be able to deal with that for much longer. He's not bringing anything new. He seems a little lazy in the, in his acting. I feel like, yeah, you're just coasting on that personality you have. 
The other actress or actor, whatever you want to say, uh, and I'm not just like, oh, I'm Asian, so I want to just keep talking about it. It's just an issue. Uh, I think it's refreshing, you know, that they gave her it, uh, you know, and I like the relationship they have between each other. So, but I don't love the sidekicks either. We'll wait to see what, what they've got. I did think it was interesting, though, that they added that they served in Kandahar together. So she's kick-ass also. Right, she's a cool sniper. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so... Yeah, I like that aspect also. So, yeah, so the show has, like, potential, but if it doesn't deliver for me, I might be out. Like, I might give it two more, and that's four. So that's kind of how I'm feeling about the show. Uh, Peter, did you see it or no? No, I didn't see it. All right. Well, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about Batwoman. Um, And this episode was episode four. And the only thing I'd give them credit, well, I'm going to give and take away credit at the same time, which is we talked about this for several episodes, which is we saw her get shot by that kryptonite bullet and then they dropped it and we didn't hear anything more about it. And then this week we see it, we see it's clearly infected and it's a black hole in her side. It's all spreading and looks awful. And her new roommate, I put in parentheses, is a doctor and soon as her roommate walks in the room, she quickly covers it up. And I'm like, why? Like, why would you... It's not a secret that she got shot with the kryptonite bullet because the doctor already knows it. They talked about it. She was in the room. So that's not a secret. Why the heck would you not tell somebody you got an infected wound and you live with a doctor? That, that makes zero sense to me. And that was really the most frustrating thing about it because we were waiting for them to mention it and talk about it and then when they do it's like the dumbest thing ever i just ah that annoyed me um and then the case itself i guess was fine um dealing with uh we find out more of her backstory and that you know she's been she was kidnapped as a child and what that trauma was like and what they did to her and now she wants to save other kids because apparently the person who kidnapped her is still kidnapping kids so that was pretty cool uh, Houston, what'd you think? Uh, are we the only two on the show that watched it? I think or, so. On, on the platform? Allison watched it, but um, she's not here. So. Okay. Uh, no, because I, I asked because I feel like maybe you like the show more than I do. And I think Allison re- dislikes the show greatly. So, um, I feel I'm middle of the road. I really, I said this before, was watching to see how they brought on the new character. I just find that really interesting. Um, and I think they did a really good job. Um, I think that this episode bordered, not not virtue signaling, that's the wrong word I'm looking for, but um, I liked it. I liked, you know, the, the issues that it brought up. I like um, that we got more backstory from her and stuff. Um, but I, I felt like it was a little heavy-handed. A little bit, and, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a little heavy-handed. That's all I'm saying. I think the I think what they addressed and how they addressed, like you know, you know what they addressed, I think is incredibly uh, good. You know, and and really not talked about a lot. So that's great. You know, always great to throw into you know social consciousness stuff that really gets overlooked. I, ironically, um, so I like the subject matter because I think it's not talked about very often um but ooh, i feel like the show is kind of the whole maybe because i didn't finish the first season i talked about liking or disliking alice less but i kind of dislike her now again i'm kind of like i don't know she's like very mustache twirly and she's I, I always like she been very mustache hard. twirly yeah no i know that but that's what i'm saying so that, that's why i kind of bailed i just you know i don't like if you don't will win me with your villain i can't watch the show 
so my point is that when I when I first started rewatching it, I thought, oh, maybe she's less annoying. You know what I mean? But I feel like no, I was wrong. She's still as annoying. So <laughs> one thing I also yeah, have to say is the coincidences in this episode were also a little ridiculous. Where yes. you find out that the woman that grew up with Ryan is now the villain that uh, Allison, whatever the other woman's name is that I'm blanking on, that they got in a fight with across town it's the same woman yeah. i was like come yeah. on guys it, no it's too convoluted and the and the writing is lazy and quite frankly the acting isn't great you know what i mean no, it's not. so um I'm mid, I'm really middle of the road on this one, and I don't want to, you know, parrot the equalizer thing. But it, I mean, if I were making a list, if it was a lifeboat, and I had to like cut two people for a cut two shows from the <laughs> lifeboat. I, was, I, <laughs> I think these guys would sink. I'm like leaving them on their sinking ship. I'm like, oh, I don't know that there's room for you on my tiny, tiny lifeboat. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All I right. love it. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about Snowpiercer, and Tom. Um, let's start with you. And this was because I had to watch two episodes to catch up. So I watched the one where they set up, they set the whole thing up and they have Melanie jumps off and she goes to the station. And this episode was more about waiting to find out if she made it because they're going to send up these balloons. And if she contacts them, it means that she made it there. But really the bulk of the episode was from the point of view of this dancer who used to be, and I put in parentheses, owned by Mr. Wilford, and how... The whole storyline was icky. It was super icky, because I really didn't need to see their their sex scene, and I put that in parentheses, because I was uh, like, what is happening? Especially the reveal that he had her cut her wrists while he's in the tub with her. Which we just saw before. This is apparently a thing. Having people self-harm in the tub. Yes. Ew. And and when we finally see what he wants from her, I was like, is that sex? Am I supposed to recognize that? What's happening? Like, it was... And he was going to mangle the same way again. I know, my God. Like, what is... And I was just like, oh, he's just really, really... Like... I don't think he does sex. Yeah. I think he does, for him, he gets off on control in a weird way that for him is, I feel like his brain is wired differently than everybody else's. He's a, he's a sociopath. Oh, absolutely. But like, yeah. it was so and, funny when the woman walked in on the two of them, she was like, I don't even know what I'm seeing right now. And then she turned around and walked out. Yeah, seriously. It's like, check please. <laughs> okay, here, here, here's a problem with Snowpiercer. It's, they'll drop characters out and then bring them back. Like, the kid came back. Oh, yeah, I forgot about him. A bunch of episodes. It's like, you need to keep those storylines alive somehow, even if you don't use them. I mean, yeah, you've got a ridiculously large cast, so just throw whatever you need to do, because he's not getting paid that much. But it's just weird. Like, like LJ, Lila Jr., whatever the... The icky. Oh, blonde. she's so, like I feel like somebody should warn the other girl about her. I was like, uh, she's a mass murderer. Like the other, she 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 knows she's not to be trusted. <laughs> that's true. They, she was like she they knows. grew up together, she, but she I don't knows. think she knows she's a murderer. I feel like somebody yeah, should give her that info. But she's got pretty good instincts. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And um, what is it about get you know? What is it about people getting high? Well, like, I mean, all, if you think about it, it's been like nine or ten years. They don't have. They have some. Uh, 
a lot of shows are doing that this season, it seems. Oh, uh, everybody doing we characters to bond instantly. Let's let's have them light up a doobie. Yeah, well, this one it was just it was really just talking about the black market trade and what does one group have to trade with the other. So I didn't really think about it as being a we thing necessarily, but. Um, I like that all the, the only thing, the thing that bothered me the most was that Layton went to this woman knowing that she had been horrifically abused by Wilford and it's like, uh, we're going to need you to go back with him and be our spy. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, it wasn't even a discussion. He didn't even come at her like, oh, I know this is going to be really difficult. And I, and you can say no, if you want to, he didn't say any of that. He was just like, so I'm going to need you to go back. He doesn't have good people skills. Oh my god, that was like not good as a rabble rouser, but one on one, he's kind of. Well, I mean, it was just it was terrible. The fact that he asked her to do this was terrible, and you don't ask like a rape victim to go hang out with the guy that raped her. Like that doesn't. And he's like, oh, and by the way, if he wants to have sex again, just totally do that for the cause. Like what? No. And it was just it was so uncomfortable. Um, and it's like he had no, and, and like he didn't get what kind of trauma she was going like. And so then after the fact, he goes to check in on her, and she's like, "Oh, I got it under control." And he's like, "Are you sure he doesn't have you under control or whatever?" And I was like, "Dude, just like leave oh, her alone." Now you care? I know, right? Ah, <laughs> oh, that was so bad. All of that was so bad. I like the two Aussies bonding. That was kind of funny. Oh, right. And you know she's from Fringe. It's the the daughter from Fringe. The blonde. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. I just just rewatched Fringe, like, somewhat recently. So, yes, that's the daughter. She also played played Elsa on Once Upon a Time. Oh. I did not watch that. But I like like her. Uh, As soon as I saw her, I knew, because they showed her really quickly for, like, a second. And I was like, oh, she's going to be a regular. Uh, which she, you know, they reveal her later to be like the best friend of the daughter. So I was like, okay, cool. Uh, but and Wilford is so crazy. He is so he, crazy. He, he's a perv. And Ruth, Leighton doesn't trust me. It's like with good reason. Yes. Yes. You <laughs> have to earn either. trust. Yes. You have to earn. She is such a Wilford groupie. I wouldn't trust her either. Mm. Um,. But I did like them taking out those sold those uh the boots the the soldier guys that were super oh yeah yeah yeah, well, yeah. I forgot what they were called um I like them just taking those guys out and they're like we're gonna put them in like permanent isolation or something I was like so jail is what you're calling it like so I thought that was good um but yeah I don't know what Wilford plans. But I do like that Layton is noticing all his crazy personality quirks. And he's like, oh, we're going to have to use that. And that's the only thing that makes me think Layton is smart. But he should not be allowed to talk to women anymore. No. No. All right, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about Young Rock. And I'm going to talk first because I didn't hate it as much as you guys. Um... The premise being that Dwayne Johnson's running for president in 2032, and I was like, is he really running for president? Like, it felt like it, this was like a setup for like him really running. So, uh, it's like he's supposed to be running for president. What'd you say? We wouldn't have my vote based on this. <laughs> but 
he's like, well, everybody doesn't really know me, so this is like a look back at my childhood so you guys get to know me. And what's cool is this is really his real childhood. So I do like that aspect of it. They bring in his dad. They bring in his grandfather. Uh, apparently he hung out with Andre the Giant. Like, all that stuff is really cool. So I like that part of the story. Uh, what is weird is when we are with uh, The Rock, like, in present day or present future, whatever you want to call it, he doesn't feel like he has that Rock energy. So he doesn't bring what you watch The Rock for. He doesn't bring that, which is very strange. But I think it's because he's trying to play presidential, like he's playing reserved. And I think that's why you're not getting that. But I did... Have we learned it, nothing from the past four years? What? Be, extra, be crazy? Is that what you're saying? Well, he needs to be The Rock. <laughs> that's true. But Who I think he's... supporting Rock for president? If you're going to vote for The Rock for president, you're going to vote for The Rock for president. <laughs> so go ahead, Tom. What did you think? Oh, when hot met mess. Okay, <laughs> here's here's the big problem with the series. We have young rock, we have kid rock, we have teen rock, and we have twenty rock. Or as I think somebody on this podcast said, uh, smoking hot rock. Hot. I said smoking <laughs> hot rock is what okay. I said. But pick one. Don't do all three in one episodes. That doesn't give you a cohesive story storyline to do an act with each version of The Rock. I think for the pilot, it's good for concept. But I do agree, once we get into the series, I'd like to stay with one or the other per episode. Yes. There's only ten episodes. <laughs> well, I'm just saying that's what I would like to do. But I get your point. I get your point. It was not, it was not a strong pilot. It, it was really a hot mess. Uh, yeah, I was just... I mean, I like The Rock quite a bit. I think he is... You know, he... He does one thing really well. <laughs> you know, the eyebrow. Big. Well, the eyebrow. <laughs> he, he does a he does a handful of things really well. The eyebrow, he's personable, he's larger than life, he's buff, he's funny. Right. But this did not play into any of his strengths. It was just also kind of true. There. The the dude who played Andre the Giant was terrific. I didn't real though to be I didn't actually realize he was supposed to be Andre the Giant until they said it and then I was like oh yeah okay I see it like as soon as they said it I was like okay but I didn't realize that before and the dude who played his dad was pretty good too yes his dad is charming which is weird that his dad is so charming and then you see the other versions of him and he's not as charming and it's like oh he learns that from his dad but yeah well let's wrap this one up. Uh, I heard this, tell. I, I won't be going back for seconds. <laughs> I heard tell you guys watched another pilot called Keenan. Uh, so yeah. what did you guys think of that? I'll let Peter start. You know, I was curious because I love Keenan. He is is he the is he Tom? You might know has is he the person that's been on SNL the most? Yes, he has the record. Yeah, and he's fantastic. I mean, like he is so reliable as, you know, he can take he can take center stage, but he can also be a supporting player. When I heard about a sitcom where he's basically like a Good Morning America person, I was like, yeah, I can kind of see that. Like, um, and I guess my feeling of the show was that I didn't think it was super funny. I was like, well, it's okay. It's like it's essentially the premise is that it's a uh, 
he has two daughters, his wife has passed away, and he has not been the same. And that affects his job on the morning show. And so there's this you know, moment in the pilot where he kind of like freaks out and it, you know, looks like he's basically going to lose his job. And he he basically does an on-air apology. And I I was what I was surprised about the pilot was that I'm I'm by no means saying it's amazing or anything, but like I was surprised that the stuff that had a little more weight to the pilot worked better than I thought it would be. Than I thought I was like, oh, actually, I kind of like what they're doing with this. Um, I don't think it, I think it definitely could be funnier. I was like, yeah, the humor's all right. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a uh, thumbs up ish. Uh, pilot. My issue with the pilot, well, a couple issues with the pilot. One, it was a mistake to build the pilot around him dealing with the grief. Because grief is inherently not very cinematic. And that was, that just kind of struck a wrong note when it's a sitcom and we're dealing with a pretty serious subject. And they should have picked it up afterwards. If you wanted to bring up something from the past, that would have been fine. But it was just kind of icky. I do not like the co-workers at all. Yeah, I think the co-workers are... I don't I think like, they're good. Uh, at... I like the boss. I've seen her before. What's she from? The boss was okay, but the, everybody else was terrible. No, like I, the... I agree. I agree. I um, like the, the sports the sportswoman. Ugh. I thought the family was cast well. Don Johnson as his father-in-law, his wife was biracial. So Don Johnson as the father-in-law who, who came after after his daughter died and hasn't left yet. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I think that works. Yeah, I was like, I like that. I think they have good chemistry and everything. Uh, I think, uh, I will say, Tom, I think the reason I agree with you that grief is not inherently funny, I'm wondering if essentially what they wanted to do was, and I don't know if Keenan, I'm assuming Keenan developed the show. I mean, it's his name is on the, it's the name of the show. I'm, I'm assuming what it was was they wanted to deal with a character that is, you know, older, been a celebrity, and essentially he d he does something that makes him in the media seem problematic. And I think that grief is the kind of thing that we can kind of forgive, like as opposed to if he was like a sexual predator or something. It's like, well, that doesn't work. Like, I feel like – so I think their thing was they wanted to deal with a character – that has something that the he he betrays something with his the, the love the audience has with him and how does he deal with that and i guess that's why they use the grief thing i agree with you grief is not funny but i think that was maybe their their best option if that makes sense and chris red from saturday night live plays his brother so it's oh, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah right it's kind of a variation on you know three men and a baby except for it's three men and two girls <laughs> Right, and I did. I will say though, you know what? I will say they saved the funniest moment for the uh, the credits, which is that we learned that um, basically he met his wife on. They were both on a sitcom when they were younger, but she played his mom, even though they were only a couple <laughs> years apart. And the gag is that there's a lot of bad takes where like the mom is supposed to be putting Young Keen into bed. And they're looking at each other lovingly. <laughs> like, that's, you clearly like, what is the, please do, do the lovey-dovey on. Like, that was actually kind of, like, that's the, that's the sting at the end of the episode. I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Like, that was so, kind I, of yeah. funny. And I like the actor they cast as the mom. I wish that, Chris, yeah, yeah, I like her too. You know, for a fact that Keenan's real life wife is not a fan of the fact that they made him a widower. Okay. <laughs> so, All right. Yeah. Thumbs up-ish. Yeah. Thumbs up. Good. I'll watch it again. 
All right, uh, next up, we're going to talk about Young Sheldon. And this was part two of a two-parter. And it was pretty good because, really, Sheldon doesn't really do two-parters very much. And I thought this was kind of worth it because I like the idea that you have this woman who is a uh, philosopher and she basically breaks Sheldon's world by introducing the concept of the idea that what is real is not real. What is, And it's also the thought that even though he's brilliant, he's still a child. And children cannot necessarily deal with the concepts that adults can deal with when you start bringing out the idea of what is reality and what is real or whatever. And they were like, they broke him. He just lays in bed and he can't get out because he's like, life is meaningless. But uh, I love it. I love that Mima had the answer bringing that chicken in <laughs> <laughs> and using his using his smarty Patrick answer is the chicken really here? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's find out. But yeah, that was pretty good too because the dad came in and count the 3 and it didn't work. And and then the grandma came in and she's like I'm going to count to 3. She, he was like, "Yeah, dad already did that." She's like, "Ah, oh, crap." And so I like that they kept passing the buck of trying to get him out of bed that just passed down the line. Um, but yeah, and then I were like, okay, we bring him to the philosophy teacher and we're like, here, fix him. And she just keeps introducing more concepts and he's like, I'm changing my major. <laughs> <laughs> All of that was I good. It's interesting that they gave, uh, that they gave the dad a little bit of a, little bit of uh job related crisis that he realized. Well, it was, I think it was life related crisis. So, but that was kind of interesting because they didn't resolve that. And I wonder if no. that's going to carry over. Yeah. <laughs> and he I basically the, realized that he hates his life. I yeah. love the assistant coach, though. <laughs> oh, he was like, oh, yeah, he was like, this is great. He was like, I thought I was going to work for my dad in the mortuary, sewing people's eyelids shut. <laughs> it's like, this job is way better. Yeah, that was all good. Um, One of the things I love about this show is that town feels populated because they have a recurring group of people we see on a routine basis. So it feels like a real town, unlike other fictitious you know, cities where, you know, that was one of my big beasts with Smallville. You, you never saw the same people a second time unless they were a kryptonite freak. Right. Whereas Medford feels real. I can see that. But yeah, this is a thumbs up for young Sheldon for me. Definitely. All right, next up, we're going to talk about Resident Alien. And I want to make sure Yusun gets to talk about this one because this is her, I don't want to say favorite show, but it's, uh, I still have a little bit of a problem with the tone as far as when we're dealing with Alan Tudyk, it's pretty funny. And then when we deal with the uh, lab assistant, nurse, the nurse, when we're dealing with her, it becomes a different show. And I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not sold on the balance, I guess. Uh, Yusin, what do you think? Just, I, ironically, as much as I like the show, just really quickly remind me, like, what, what happened? <laughs> what was, like, the big thing that happened? I can't, I can't he remember. Did a bit, he revealed to everybody that uh, she had a son. No, I knew that. That was, like, one of the big twists or the whatever. But what was it? Oh, no, it was the kids stealing the keys. Uh, yes. And I wanted to talk about that. That kid is really borderline annoying to me. However, I really I find him less annoying paired with the uh, with the girl 
uh, I forgot her name. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I like how I, I'll address what you said first. I don't disagree with you, but I think they're getting a little better, you know, and I, it's definitely the weakest part of the show, the balance of tone and really trying to find their voice. Um, I said this before, so I won't spend a lot of time on it. Um, but I'm giving it leeway for the, you know, uneven tone because it is such a, you know, weird kind of topic and show and whatever. So I'll give it some chance. I'll, you know, I'm waiting for my sea legs. However, specifically related to the show, um, you know, at least they're, they're all in, you know, they are trying, they, you know, we're giving the whole, I don't love it. I, I agree with you, but they're giving you the whole story, further story about the assistant and then the relationship with her kid and all that stuff. It's the, it is the least exciting for me for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't care about her, her daughter who I, she's been stalking. Yeah. Don't I care don't, about it at all. Yeah, I don't either. No, I know. You know, um, I don't hate it. But um, the strength of the show, really, at the, you know, without, of course, a million times, not just Alan Tudyk, but his relationships with everyone. You know what I mean? You know what I thought really worked well, actually, was the because um, they are trying to flesh out the characters, uh, the deputy, the much, you know, put upon oh, right. uh, female yes. deputy. Yeah. Remember? She's a good actress. She walked into the bar to kind of complain about not being seen and talking about how the bartender, uh, you know, at least had fame because she she went to the Olympics. And even though she like, you know, shattered her leg and didn't, you know, do it, you know, whatever. I thought that was poignant. And it proved to me that she's not just comic relief. And that's what I meant by tone. She you took they took a character who was straight up comic relief gave her a good scene she you know she stood up to it she she rose to the occasion and i liked it so i agree with you i think the the weakest part is the whatever but i i what i'm saying is i think they are trying to get you know with, with the tone you know what i mean and so i thought that was an excellent example of how you can take something seriously about her you know um Poor treatment and her. I think I'm just gonna. You know, maybe it's just the bad writing what? because uh, the serious tone with yeah. the nurse just yeah. does not work. I um, also don't think she has that. She's that charismatic. She's not that interesting to watch. So, um, you know, maybe it's also a little bit of not great acting. I don't know yet. You know what I mean? But I will agree with you. The last thing I will say about the show, though, is I feel like. It's building. So as long as the episode doesn't get like one episode doesn't get worse, if it stays the same or gets better, that's a good, really good sign for me. And so um, the kid is less annoying. That little girl, girl actor, I think is is fantastic, and she definitely makes him more enjoyable. You know, so, yeah. is, you know what was so great though is that moment right. where you see the kids get electrocuted. He runs down yeah. to the basement. You oh, think God. he's gonna he's gonna like revive them or something, and he's like. Yes. And he gets upset, and I was like, they're not dead or something. He goes, oh, man, they're still alive. I have to kill them. And I was just like, ha, ha, ha. I just started laughing yes. because that's so the opposite of yes. what you think is going to happen. Yes. I think that's a brilliant example of the show, which is that um, it's unexpected humor. And who is able to get away with joking about dead kids? Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, like, right. It pulled it off. It Not only dead kids, you, he's you know like, I, mean? I now have to kill these children, and he zips them up in the duffel yes! bag to go get rid of their yes! bodies, and I was just like, and then yes, there's and that great moment when he gets surprised, he just drops the bags, and I just kept laughing. I was like, that's yes! pretty good. Yeah, that's good. I think uh, that's a brilliant example, Libby. I think that's a that's a great selling point. If if you know if you're not turned if you're not turned 
off by, you know, dead kid jokes, you know, and dropping kids in duffel bags, uh, if, then you, you'll understand that the kind of humor the show presents. The last thing I want to say, because we talk about this a lot and ha certainly have in the last six months to eight months to whatever. I like that the show is focused, half of the show is about First, uh, First Nation people, you know what I mean? Native Americans. Mm -hmm. um, that is something we don't. Oh, see and then a that lot. rap song um, was. We I was like, wow, this is the first yeah! rap song I've ever heard like this. Yeah, yes! that was cool. I, so that I thought. I again, you you called it. I so like proud is the wrong word, but I'd never heard of them. I'd never heard of a Native American rap group, and I thought it was a fun song. So I googled it. I I was like, is, are they doing what I think they are? So the fact that they used. Uh, Native American rap music that they the whole half the show, you know, talks about that. And it's Colorado, too. So it's not even like, you know, oh, we're in Alaska and we're talking about, you know, Inuits like this is Colorado. This is America, folks. So I love it. I really there's so many things to like about the show. It is not perfect. Uh, I feel like it's still getting its legs. And I'm really hopeful. I, I, I think Allison mentioned this, though. I feel like this is a show that will get canceled. Like it needs to like get more people to watch it. That's why I really like talking about it on the podcast. I feel like if you're okay with wacky, offbeat, uh, and maybe not the most even tone, people should tune in. I do not want this show canceled. Okay, let's move. Thumbs up then. Yes. Uh, let's move on. The next thing we're going to talk about is Legacies, and this is officially the last episode I worked on. I'm not even sure if I got credit for this episode because this was a weird one where uh, Tom brought up that it has two directors listed, and that's because we shot half the episode, and then we had to shut down for COVID, and we shut down for two weeks, and the director wasn't available uh, for when we started back up. And then I left the show before we finished getting dailies, I want to say. That sounds about right. So I'm not entirely sure if I even got credited for this episode. Because my replacement guy did a lot of heavy lifting on the episode. So if I don't get credit, I won't cry a million tears. But um, And then Tom asked if it was actually the season premiere. And I was like, nope. It was written as episode 305. So they knew it was going to be in the middle of a season. So it was more of a standalone one-off-y episode than a season premiere. So, Tom, what did you th knowing all of that, what did you think of the episode? I thought it hung together pretty well. I mean, the plot lines were kind of bifurcated because you have you have Hope in her in her box. Fantasy, yeah. In yeah. her her box uh 80s teen slasher flick fantasy which was really gruesome. Yeah. I mean I wish they had had a little bit more fun with it instead of just a little more, a lot more blood with it. They were very deliberately doing Friday the 13th. Uh, Friday yeah. 2, or was Jason Returns? There was a specific, in the script, it told us which Friday the 13th movie it was supposed to be. Well, it had to be 2 because J Friday the 13th one was Jason's mom. Okay, so yes. So. Uh, yeah, it, and so yes, it was very deliberately trying to do an homage to Friday the 13th. And then the thing with MG and is it Lizzie? Yeah, their relationship with, with and and his Alyssa. Alyssa, I didn't really care for her. I well, mean, I she's she was the bad guy for most of last season, so I, I get right. that. But still, I don't know. Um, 
it feels like the actor who plays Lizzie's acting has gotten better since last She's season. good. I like her. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. Interesting because there, there obviously is still romantic tension between the characters. Although she was trying to use him to to convince her sister to stay at school, and he was basically saying, "You need to talk to her and let her know directly." And she didn't want to hear that, and but she knew he was right. Right, and, and then they weren't and, in the box universe. They were in a different were, universe. Were, I can't remember where they were. They were in another spell. Right. That was for... I was actually worried that that would be confusing. I didn't think it was because the slasher flick was so stylized. Okay. With the costumes and the hair and the wigs. And then the other twin was at uh, Mystic Falls High School. And she met our new hunky guy who evidently is not going to be a, a uh, love not, interest. He's not new. He's, what? Not, he's not new. Evan's not new. They've added him to the cast, though. That's new. Oh, okay. Because I was like, he was in last season. That, that, their, their trauma is that he's trying to get a scholarship because of his broken arm, and she's the one that broke his arm. Right. That was her. That's her guilt. Like, every time she talks about... Every time he talks about the fact that he can't get a scholarship or something's going on, she gets this look and freezes because she knows that it's her fault. And she's uh, she's totally vibing on his sister's... Ex-girlfriend, right. Girlfriend, which I didn't know. What do you think of the new character? What do you think of her? She's new. She seemed okay. I don't don't think we needed, I don't, I don't think we needed the nose ring, but whatever. (laughs) Kids these days. Yeah, I'm not sold on her. I'm not either. I don't, I don't, I don't like her energy. I mean, we'll see how she, what they write for her. But, um, yeah, I I don't, I didn't, I didn't like it. I, yeah, I immediately disliked her when she came on the screen. I know that sounds harsh. But it's actually less harsh because she didn't do anything wrong, just organically. I was like, oh, well, I don't, what's happening here? You know what I well, mean? Well, I mean, so I, I'm with you. I think they're struggling ever since the uh, the witch that was in the, in the Josie in season one, which everyone loved her. She was great. She was great. And they've been struggling to replace her. And so far, not so good. Nope. So. I- I thought it was interesting how far um, Matt Davis' character, I'm blanking on his name. Alaric. How far Alaric was willing to go to help Hope. Good. With that baseball bat? Jeez, dude. <laughs> yeah, that was a Oh, did you like that scene, by the way? Did you like that scene? It was a good scene. That was my scene. I, thought, I know. I thought that, too. I yeah, did. I, I cut like, oh, that nice scene. Nice job. Nice job. Good tension and good whatever. But I will say, I thought that was a little weirdly out of character for him. And, not um, really. Not if you watch Vampire Diaries. Vampire Diaries, that was how he rolled. No, I know. Fair enough. And you made me watch all, every single episode of Vampire Diaries. So I can under, I can agree with you and say, yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, but not for this show. He, I, thought, I you know, know he but that's the whole really. thing is being around his daughters has mellowed him. But he... Right. He has that in him as well. You're right. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I will just say this because you guys covered it enough. Uh, When did Alara get hot? Because I did not. I I noticed that uh, a while ago, which is why I'm always wanting to cut Alara scenes. Because my editor would be like, what scenes do you want? I'm like, the ones with the larks. I get to look at his pretty face. So, yes. Is it the um, face there? Yeah, the no, I've never face? been like a huge fan or anything. But, yeah, no, they, they did it. Whatever they did, the uh, hair and makeup department, his haircut and his little beard trim and all that stuff. I'm I'm here for that. I'm like, well, that's just yeah, one more aspect. I, uh, I didn't think he was in season one. But by season two, I was into a lark. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say it's, it's, it's uh, you know, I, I'm, I was never... 
I said this when the first show first started. I don't want to even be remotely looking at essentially high schoolers and being like, oh, he's cute or like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not saying I did. I'm not saying They're I did. All played by looking... adult males, Yusin. You don't have well, to well, marginally. Well, some actually on this show, they are much younger. Except uh, Caleb is in his way into his twenties, and Lizzie is way into her twenties. But everybody else is pretty close to their age. Yeah, they yeah. they so started off you, in Legacy. season one. They're pretty young. So I just say thank you, Legacies, for giving me some, you know adult you know oh and i want to bring this up you said you know now why you don't like landon go ahead hit me you know i don't think the actor by himself is bad i just don't think he and he and hope have chemistry oh yeah i've said that a while ago because when he's by himself i'm like he's not bad but when they get together it's like i'm bored i agree i yes i agree with that too they're a boring couple yes i'm not gonna argue with you which is why well, I don't think I've ever cut a scene between them because I don't like them. And so <laughs> so whenever I get a choice, I'm like, the most I've cut, I've cut Landon and Raphael. I've cut a bunch of their scenes. But I've never cut Landon and Hope. Give me the elderly hotly or the barely legal ones. <laughs> right? Well, I don't say that. Right? <laughs> but, but wait, I, I want to say this because I think it's kind of important. I think you, you've touched on something that's important to me. I think it's part of the reason why Legacies doesn't go up to like the very next level for me because the the, the store love story between Landon and Hope is a big part of the show. It you know, is it's a big That's part true. of the show and a big part of her life. And right. if I really liked them or they really had chemistry, then the show would be that much more fun for me, you know, and I better. Agree. But yeah. it's a it's a it's a it is literally a, a what is it a, a downer. Yeah, it's a downer. It's a it's a flat tire for me. You can still roll, you know. That I mean, not fl- a, a tire with. Not enough air, you know? It's like the, the car's rolling and it, it works and everything, but I'm like, oh, that one wheel, you know? So, uh, but, uh, you know, I still like the show. It's fun and everything. It's kind of like on Vampire Diaries. Elena and Stefan are like, eh, whatever. But Elena and Damon are hot. That's true. They, I said and that. They have to be. Yes. Uh, but anyway, let's let's move on. Um, I've thought that since season one, but Julie didn't listen to me. No, I did not go to Julie about that. She <laughs> <laughs> likes her job. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about WandaVision. Bum, and then bum, Peter bum, can bum. yell at me for not realizing this was Modern Family, because I was like, oh, is this The Office? Well, it, it's Modern Family, The Office, Parks and Rec, and uh, Arrested Development. It's all the single camera... Yeah. Oh, it's it's just that I mean I've been saying that the the big unifier of the show is that it's it's always aping a family sitcom, and I was like, oh well, they can't really do The Office or Parks and Rec completely. They can pay. You're right. They can totally pay. Like they can wink and and do a little cameo thing. But yeah, I mean it makes total sense too because like Wanda. Basically, being Claire from Modern Family is a perfect fit. I was like, oh, yeah, this totally makes sense. Um, I'm still, I will say, before we dive into the episode, um, I just watched the last two, and I did not get the Malcolm in the Middle reference because I didn't watch that show so much, but my girlfriend loves that show. So when the credits happen, she's like, oh, my God, it's Malcolm Middle. <laughs> and it makes sense because <laughs> yep. it's the two boys right. talking to the camera. I was like, oh, yeah, that is uh, Frankie Muniz. I'm surprised they have not done, which maybe they will because the timeline is getting weird uh, in this episode. I'm surprised. I mean, I mean, arguably 
the biggest family sitcom of the last 30 years is The Simpsons. So I'm surprised they haven't done some fun, weird, animated section. I'm not saying do oh, a whole episode, but something. And I was like, really? I'm like, The Simpsons is bigger than all of these things. Like, so, um, but I love this episode. I thought the, I thought the Agatha thing was that perfect thing. To me, the perfect reveal is when I'm watching a story and basically like a second before it happens, I'm like, oh my God, it's Agatha. Like, <laughs> it's like, she's the bad guy. Like that, like that was, that hit me perfectly. Um, I know some other people have said they knew the whole time because they're like, well, why would you cast Katherine Hahn? I guess I just, I just thought of her as a comedic actress. So I did not yeah. see it coming that she would be the ultimate. I did think when Vision was talking to her at the crossroads, there was something about that. that when she's like, you're dead. I was like, wait, is she I dead? didn't know. I didn't know. Either. I didn't know. I didn't know. Witch costume. The what? The witch. Oh, the witch costume. The witch and, costume. and that she killed the dog. That was well. Hilarious. That was oh, great. Oh, that was a great reveal. But no. But that's. <laughs> but that's assuming that we know this comic, which I don't. No, so, I don't know the comic. And no, so I, I didn't. So I didn't understand that I was supposed to know something from the witch costume. So. Correct. Well, yeah, I was clueless. The, the the other big clue was in episode one when she gives her anniversary as the date of the Salem witch trials. Oh. Wait, wait, wait. Well, she, give, wait so, she gives what? Tom. Go ahead, Peter. Wait, Tom, what is the whose anniversary? What's the anniversary? Agnes, in the first episode, in the black and white uh, Dick Van Dyke-ish episode, tells Wanda her anniversary is like June 2nd, which was the date of the Salem Witch Trials. Yeah, I was never going to get that. Nope. That was a big, huge... Oh, dude, people people are going through these episodes and parsing every little... That's <laughs> fun. That's, that's fun. I do want to say this, because I say this a lot on the show. I, I just naturally, it sounds like a humble brag or a brag, but it's not. Um, a, a lot of, like a lot... A lot of times, I, I guess the ending or I guess the twist. Um, but uh, props to WandaVision because I I, I think uh, Libya said the same thing. I had no idea. I don't know what you guys are talking about. The Agatha thing, you know, Salem, which none of it. So my question to you, Tom, is that it's a, it's a comic and you've read it? Is that what you're telling me? No, but I'm familiar with the character. She She's, um, she's a... A classic Marvel comics character who got it. was Wanda's mentor in the comics, and she oh has, got it. She has been both a good girl and a bad girl in the comics. Okay, so uh, so yeah, so then to a yeah, lot I of had no idea who this villain, surprising. who this character was either. Yeah, no, but I, I loved it. I just want to say this because I loved it so much. Um, <laughs> I had no idea, and um, so I was like, oh, I'm so proud of you, show. I had no idea. Um, and then when they did the flashbacks of like the little hints and drops, I thought that was great. I bought all, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense now. I thought that was brilliant. And then also the reveal being done in that, I mean, it makes song. sense, don't get me wrong. But, yeah, oh, the song. What? Agatha, all the time. Yeah, all of that, everything. It, I, I, will, I will parrot what Peter said. It hit me so right. Like the reveal was just done so perfectly and done show the show like a black and white hurt like all of it it just it was great i just it's been a really long time since something like that hit me out of left field so um this show has absolutely just been a train that's been gathering steam for me and, oh but we um, gotta talk about yeah, rambo's but... powers monica oh, yeah, somebody oh. else talk about that so um, do we think she's gonna be photon or spectrum 
I don't know which. Way. I think the the vid the way that she her eyes are working. I believe that's with Spectrum, right? Isn't that? It might be more of Spectrum. Yeah. So I don't know the difference between those two characters because I know nothing about those characters at all. But yeah. I do like that she got powers. I like that we saw how she got her powers, and we're just now getting a feel for what they are. With yep. you know, so I I'm I'm a fan already. I like I was like oh, I like she's got powers. Uh, I like that she, I was like, can she fly? Like we, she, I think the thing that's interesting is she doesn't know what she can do yet. So she's figuring that out. And I, yeah, I love that. We're getting the origin origin story of this character. So I like all the reveals. I think they're handling all the reveals really well. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, yeah, I've, I've, um, I've so much, I've, it's funny because one of the biggest criticisms I have, even as a fan and who, you know, who really enjoys the MCU movies is that I don't, I always feel like the things I love about the MCU movies is, you know, the, the chemistry and, and some of the plotting and stuff, but I never really think that the MCU movies like stretch um, the movie going experience, I guess. Like, but I thought the, I'm really thinking that WandaVision, I'm like, man, they're really like playing with the trope of like what television has been for like, 60 years and i just think that's i really like it i mean like assuming wandavision you know nails the landing of its first season i think it's one of the best things the mcu's ever done um i I concur with peter's assessment just in terms of it's a great primer on the history of television sitcoms yeah it's awesome and yet the narrative storyline and if you look at the structure of the way they set it up the nine episodes are a well organized yes Yeah. Yes. We got three episodes for Act One, the structural Act One, and then Episode Four is our okay. Here's what the heck is going on, and then Episode Seven is our cliffhanger slash Dark Knight of the Soul, you right. know, Valley of the Whale or whatever you want to call it. And eight and nine will be our our resolution you know, resolution episodes, but they haven't missed a beat. And all those yeah. people were complaining at the beginning is I don't get it. What's this about? It's like. Come on, people, because the movies, don't get me wrong, I love the Marvel movies as much, if not more, than the next person. However, comma, there reaches a point where a lot of them do feel very same-ish. Sure. Now, also, granted, you know, I mean, also, the, the MCU movies, you know, are, I mean, I know Libby and I have discussed this, they are arguably... The the twenty five MCU is ar- arguably basically many seasons of like of 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 like a television show. Yep. Sure. Like wh- what sure. you like about an MCU movie is a lot about what we like about TV, less than it is about movie. Except that it's you know on a big screen and everything. Well, well I just want to I just want to add that you know it, it is really like uh it, like you said it's paced really well it's based out it's such intelligent writing and layered you know and um they absolutely i mean it's a little bit easier for them because they're doing satire they're doing send up they're doing an homage but the balance between funny and 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 drama and all that stuff you know it's just the tone is perfect it's it's you know whatever but it's been a really long time that i've liked to sh- show where I thought the writing, like I said, not only surprised me, but it's just really tight and good. Nothing's wasted. And I want to say to what you're saying, Peter, is or or and or Tom, it makes sense though. They have nine episodes to do it. You know what I mean? And so I feel like they are absolutely taking advantage of the medium. 
Do you know what I mean? They are running with what is good with MCO, MCU and then saying, look what we can do if you give us nine episodes. You know what I mean? So, I, yeah, it's great. It's a great um, development. What's the word? Uh, when, you know, something, um, get, you know, mutates and gets better kind of a thing. I, I don't know what the word is. Well, evolution? But, yeah. uh, yes, evolution. It's a great yes. evolution. So, okay, okay, I have... A- I have I have questions, theories, etc. Well, keep did it anybody, going. We don't have a lot of time. So, did, did anybody notice that the car, that the that the kids were watching the the television, the kids show that the the boys were watching those characters who seemed to be kind of um, Teletubby esque or whatever may have been parodying uh, Infinity Gems. Oh, the colors. Yeah. Oh, I didn't uh, notice maybe. that. No. And could anybody make out the face on the milk carton in the kitchen? I was wondering oh, I that, too. That. I was just noticing the milk kept changing. I didn't try to look at the face on it. But I will say this. I just watched the trailer. They had a final, well, not a final trailer, but they had a trailer for the next episode. What? Uh, yes, it's on YouTube. Yeah, there's not It's there's bare, There's not much in it. Except it's- that it looks like freaking Doctor Strange. Did that, that too. That's yeah, totally looking like Doctor Strange to me in that yeah. trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh. the cape, the per- it's a low angle of a guy. It feels looks like a guy, maybe with a cape or something. And I was and like, you oh, hear his voice. Like, that was Cumberbatch. What? What, what does he say? Paul Bettany's been teasing a major Mandalorian finale cameo, the equivalent with Luke Skywalker. So I figured it was either um, Doctor Strange or Spider Man. One thing, can nice. I ask one thing to you guys? Um, you know, it feels like with this last episode, they have essentially caught up with. The family sitcom because Modern Family ran yep. between yes, 2000 yes. and 2020. I think we're so, kind of what they've done in this episode is because Wanda's hex is too far. Basically, she stretched it out to save Vision, and now she can't do it. Yeah, things are going back. So now I'm wondering, do you think the last two episodes? I don't know if it's necessarily going to go back in time. Uh- but do you I, think we are not going to do another sitcom? I don't think we're going to do a sitcom mainly because the last two episodes are one hour. Yeah, episodes I, I eight and nine are one hour or is an hour long. Wait, does that mean they're going to do Breaking Bad? They're going to change. Mean? They're going to become it's, a drama? Is that what you're saying? Yes, saying? I think it's going to be like when we did interrupt our, this program, it was only 30 minutes, but it wasn't a comedy. It was not a sitcom. That episode? Yeah. So Ooh. I think the last two episodes are not going to be a sitcom. But do you do you think it'll be a drama, or do you think it'll just be its own thing? I think it's going to be like we've seen. It's going to be the same tone when we're outside the hex. So you don't think we're going to get a credit credits like Mad Men or something? No, no. that would be hilarious if they did. They did Battlestar Galactica. Did anybody notice that her sheets, that her bedspread was little hexes in a pattern? Yes, I did. I did notice that. And last comment or question. From last week's commercial, it's obvious that Agatha is is siphoning Wanda's power. What do we think Agatha's endgame is? I, that I don't know. In the comics, it was to get the kids born. It was for they wanted the children. Oh, okay. But, but the kids are born. I know, but that was the whole point of her being inside the hex was to force her to have these kids. If oh. if Wanda's no, she's stopped... the one did encourage them to. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. boots early episode. Yeah, so that oh, wait, was wait. that was the original point. Can the kids not exist outside the hex then? I, I think they're real. I think they're real. Yeah, well, they're I think real, they're but they're magically conceived. Yes, yeah, but I still think I still think they can be outside the hex though. I yeah. agree. 
And and we're gonna Wait, need last thing no one's mentioned it. I feel like we need to give quick lip lip service to the first post credit little clip. Oh, that's that was true. a super big surprise. That was fun. Yeah, I missed and it. I didn't know it was there until somebody on the internet was like, Did you see the post credit? And I was like, What? And I had to go back you know, and look at it. That was weird because it made it look like the brother Quicksilver is bad, and I was like, Nah, I don't think that's what they're doing. I think like, he is because he knew information that he shouldn't if he was being controlled I, I think he was brought in by the witch or whatever by Ag- no, Ag- but Ag- like he's, Ag- he's from the Ag- he's an x-man so you're gonna no, tell me you're but i don't think he is i don't we, think he don't is. know if he was brought in from the fox ver- from the foxman verse or what or just yeah. another he's from the fox x-men so well, I'm we like- know that from watching it but we don't think he he doesn't necessarily have to be that same character i think it could have just been a inside joke being like he's been recast and it's supposed to be kind of funny, but I don't know if he's necessarily actually supposed to be that Quicksilver. I think we're gonna find out. Yeah, uh, right. I don't know. I think that's Wait, so the there's, mystery. There's two left. Yes, two left. Yes. Was Mandalorian nine episodes or eight? Eight. Eight. So this is one more. Yeah. Um, and then is Falcon and Winter Soldier the week after, or do they take a break? Yes, it's the week after, I believe. There's a break. There's going to be a behind the scenes. There's going to be a making of WandaVision and then Falcon and Winter Soldier. Okay. I got to say, like, I really hope that I, I really hope that um, Falcon and Winter Soldier is good. But I don't see. I mean, I remember, again, when we saw the trailers for all these shows, I was kind of meh on Loki. And I was like, yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier looks solid. WandaVision was the show where I was like, I have no idea what this is going to be. Yes. And, I, and I'm so happy. So I don't. Yeah, it feels almost like I'm like, well, we kind of got creatively. That's probably the best one. Like, this I, mean, a, I hope to be wrong. I mean, this, I yeah. this was a big swing for them, and they hit it out of the park. Yeah, super yeah. big. The so. broken internet tells us everything we need to know because clearly <laughs> yeah. we're not <laughs> we're not alone in this thought. So yeah, yeah, it's universal. Good job, Disney. All right. Yeah. Uh, so I'm taking. We're all saying thumbs up. Correct. Oh, yeah. Yes. Toes, thumbs, all of it. Elbows. Elbows. All right. If you have any questions or comments, send them to tvcampfire@gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter on on Facebook, and you can listen to us on Sci-Fi Radio, Weedopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye bye.